Greetings, ladies and gents, and welcome to this daily science fiction extravaganza, commonly known as Tales, Tales from Outer from space. Out, space. Out, space. Taken from the subreddit HFY, all the relevant links will be down below. And, as always, I hope that you enjoy. And if you do, please consider supporting the channel. On to the science fiction. Story number one. Titan, written by 1945, best year. If Delicate Tacconi was being honest with herself, she should be more than ready to check through whatever message packages had made it to her inbox and go to bed. Her species might have needed less sleep compared to most of the Confederacy, a paltry four hours. But the brisk pace of night and day on her planet only evolved the signals to fall asleep or rise awake to hit her all harder. A burning piece of what was similar to, but not quite like, incense filled her room with an aroma to ease her exhaustion, and decades of a career had accustomed her to long hours. The negotiations of the day, if filled with regular tedium, were fruitful, with her and the rest of the delegation from the Sunmon Concord already getting the bulk of what they expected to gain, a little than that, in fact, thanks directly to her. And that was exactly why she didn't have a chance to get any rest until she got a satisfying answer. Come in, she answered to the beep from her room door. Her friend and fellow delegate Gillian entered the room. She had deliberately lowered the room temperature for him, and he still recoiled from the blast of what would have had to have been equivalent to a tropical heat to him. He was lightly dressed, a brochuring underdress compared to the thick gown that she had on to deal with the cold. The Concord and the Axeman Star Pact were both sizable powers, good neighbors, and reliable allies in the Confederacy, and she supposed that much of the reason behind that had to do with the temperature differences. As far as unclaimed worlds went, they were very unlikely to step on each other's toes or claws. The only thing either of them had that the other really wanted was clout, and they learned on the early days to pull what they had together, and their alliance had since grown into a significant center of power. For most of the day, it had been them speaking, and the rest of a few dozen species were listening. Take a drink before you form a puddle on the floor, ordered to Cody, keeping an eye on the hologram at the center of the room. Mostly a sitting area with the brush metal and foam couches, little room for wood and furs on the station, even a fairly new and plush one. Her paper and ink copy of the meditation sitting on the table next to the projector was the one exorbitant luxury in her mass allowance. She didn't have to look at Gideon to know that he was aiming a cheerful grin at her as he walked to the drinks. You congratulating yourself on your new continent? asked Gideon, not entirely devoid of sarcasm, while he clinked around the plastic cups and bottle. Maybe I'll be named after you, Tacony Plain. Your name etched in rock till the end of time, or at least until the star explodes. A move of her hand shifted as the system map projected in front of her, bringing fourth planet from the star closer to her. The star's official name meant Assembly, and the planet, for now, was Assembly 4. The joining of a new system to the Confederacy Wormhole Network was a rare thing, 
The last time it happened was when she was a young woman. Sending a ring to a new system was still an extremely difficult task, and it likely always would be. But once sent there, put together and turned on, it opened a whole new system through settlement. One was this one, and they had all hit the jackpot. Three eminently habitable worlds in the inner system, all ready for the biosphere, all close to it, but not actually in possession of one, including a superworld in a low metallic continent, the equivalent of several times the area of Tacconi's home world, while still being slightly outmassed by the same. It was quickly decided that such a bountiful system had to be made in a new core, the capital of the Confederacy, and it was here that the division of it all was being agreed upon. She reached out to Assembly 4, picking it up from the track as it was trying to gravity. The small implants in her fingers told her that she was holding a small ball, and she turned it around in her hands. Once fully developed, even just our slice of this world would be able to feed every living Sunman, to Cody spoke. Gillian, having stopped beside her, keeping his suffering from the heat mostly to himself. The surface of the planet was colored in, showing the finalized claims on land by race. In theory, no species dominated in claims, but the Concord, in the end, controlled the largest single stake. But, said Gillian, sipping his drink, the humans caught you off guard when it came to the share. Their offer was so good that you would have been an idiot to object, and you want to know why. Deliberately leaving the question unanswered, it not needing one, Tacconi looked at her continent. It was a large island in relation to the rest of the planet, but on her world it was easily a continent territory. The same was true for Earth, the humans' home planet. Everyone thought it would be going to them, and why wouldn't it? Her data told her that it could easily grow the calories needed for five billion humans with the agricultural techniques and still have space for cities and parks. Humanity was a junior member, but they deserved a spot with the others in the new capital system, and the United Nations delegation turned down nearly all of it. They almost couldn't get rid of their stake of the entire inner system fast enough. Instead, the whole continent, they reserved only around 2,000 square kilometers of land to be their sovereign territory, enough for a single sizable city. It wasn't like they were very hostile to the Confederacy. They seemed to think that they'd gotten something material out of that, rather than doing something ideologically stunt. In exchange for relinquishing their continent to the Concord, the UN detained Sunman's support for their claim on a single moon in the outer system. The real main object when it came to their turn to speak. It was her that objected to the outer system was not up for division that way and that to and fro between her and delicate Jahim, a few minutes of talk, had increased the Somnan slice by 20 million square clicks. The land was so tantalizing that Somnan delegation, and the moon so seemingly worthless by comparison, that everyone shrugged and focused on what the Concord was getting rather than one claim already made outside of the main three planets. She put four back. Show me assembly seven. Tacconi said, the projector sliding across the system towards the gas giants. Seven, striped with oranges and browns and yellows, dominated a view. Its dozens of satellites hanging around it, one glowed in a light blue, showing even now was totally owned by one species. 
It was still officially Assembly 7C, but it didn't take long after negotiation stopped before she was hearing mutterings of the human delegates. Koyas, the Titan of Assembly. I think Jahim called it and his data pack to Sol. Gillian chuckled. I had no idea what a Titan was, so I looked it up. They're supposed to be divine beings, huge creatures that battled the gods in one of their ancient religions. Something being a titan means it's large or impressive. At the same scale where four was a ball that Takodi might have thrown, seven was just a marble. It had a little more total area than the continent Earth gave up to secure it, but not a square centimeter of it was suitable for any form of life in the known confederacy. Only 40% of it was even land, the rest being lakes and oceans and hydrocarbons. She and Gideon might have had different ideas of balmy, but they both agreed the place is so cold that it rained methane was, uh, uncomfortable. Expanding it in her hand and removing the claim coloring, she studied the tortured little brown rock. You see, a man's soul, when you see what he desires, Takani said, what have you got that makes you so interesting? Can't be the hydrocarbons, at least not exclusively. Even the humans have reasonable fusion technology integrated into the economy, and they can't burn a molecule if they don't have O2. They couldn't want to terraform it, since methane ocean and oxygen atmosphere is not the best mix. If they wanted hydrogen to export, they'd have made a claim on the other bigger comets. The nitrogen atmosphere is pretty interesting. If they were having trouble with their trade balance, they might have thought about exporting the N2 to the inner system. Not the greatest revenue stream for them, and it would be decades before investment would be justified. But it's something. He did a quick exhale. He apparently found something funny. If they wanted somewhere to hide some missiles and try to stunt for some political leverage, then they picked the right place to do it that would end in us all bombing them back to the stone-tipped spears. The door beeped again, almost instantly followed by several loud bangs. Takoni and Gideon had their attention snatched away from the little moon. Come in, Takoni opened the door, allowing in her other invite, Haddon. She would have found the room rather cool, but her face made it clear that her blood was boiling hot enough for her. Those freaking humans, the delegate from the Hellian Collective exclaimed. I was out of the room for a dampness, and they snatched the crapping jewel on the outer planets while I was out. Takoni and Jillian's eyes widened. I take it you've been given the some thought too? Haddon let out a sigh. She was also already at the drinks. Glancing over at them, she looked down at Takoni's hand holding the moon. I'm boring myself a toast. My time in Seoul taught me that humans love to do that whenever something is either very good or very bad happens. She held up a plastic glass containing some green liquid. To me, now one of the richest witches in the station, she downed the liquid. Haddon, can you get to the point? Gillian asked, finishing his own drink as if by instinct. What's so good about the frozen rock? Haddon grunted. Am I the only fricker here who remembered the laws of thermodynamics? She set down her glass and pulled out a small data pad, flicking forwards to have a graph projected in the room. This is the latest report on my portfolio on the Mercury Manufacturing Index. You know about my time in Seoul as an advisor to the human companies expanding to their gas giants. Well, I invested most of my pay from that into various companies and MMIs. 
She pointed at a steep spike at the graph, made very recently and far surpassing any value on the graph. That sharp rise happened immediately after the news that the UN secured 7C, or Coeus, as that little bastard's named now, hit Seoul. Companies in sectors from manufacturing to shipbuilding to freight transport and computing are all losing their crap over this oily snowball. And do you want to know why? She picked out a name from a projected display. You see, this one company here. Titan Engineering Concern. Red to Coney. What of it? Gideon says Titans are supposed to be some mythical. It's not a freaking monster, Takoni. It's a moon. Titan is a moon orbiting Sol's sixth planet. A gas giant. It's cold as crap. Nothing can possibly survive there without technology. And it has far more industry on it than Mars. The human's second planet, which is home to about nine billion people. Give it a couple decades, and it'll be a bigger manufacturing hub than Earth and Luna. And what does that have to do with any of us? Snapped to Cody. The way Hadone had got to the point only once she went down every other way was always grating her. Why would they put so much effort into either of these moons? Haddon rolled her eyes. At the heart of almost any industry is a difference of heat. The cold bit and a hot bit. You use the transition from cold to hot to power your engine. Doesn't matter if you're pre-rocket savage running on coal or your power of civilization with fusion. It's all about the heat and lack of it. The bigger the difference, the more you can get. The more efficient you can run your engines. Your upper limit is the temperature when your machinery starts to melt. After that, you have to make your lower limit as cold as possible. Coeus sits at 200 Kelvin below any of the three main inner planets. No industrial process on the inners could ever compete with all else being equal. But, wait a minute, interrupted Gillian. If it's cold you want, why not find a perma-dark spot on one of the inner moons? Go all the way to absolute zero, or close to it. Hayden quietly started giggling, because you don't just want cold. You want cold and a way of keeping it cold. When your machine does work, it gets hot and it needs to get rid of that heat. But without an atmosphere and no way to dump the heat through a convection, you have to get rid of every septojoule through radiation. Thermodynamically, you're up your creek without a paddle. Now, how many bodies in the system do you see that has an atmosphere worth a dam? Takoni was starting to see it. There's three main inners, the ones almost everybody has been obsessing over, and, uh, She stopped herself, looking around the hologram. She felt she could guess. And this one, holding up the moon, the only other one in the system. She shook her head. But it's a killer. How do you get people to go to such a horrid place by the thousands, thousands of thousands, to spend years working? Hayden held up her hands. Rectivino, I've been to Titan. They raise their young on and around that thing. Some of them are void-born. There's enough of them to have a name. Seem to think that death or planet will get you into heaven. Whatever crazy crap they need to believe to handle existence out here. It doesn't really matter. Anyway, it's the coldest with a thick atmosphere and a tiny gravity. Cheap to go to and cheap to leave from. It's on a gas giant system packed with all the ice it might need to support for thousands of generations. With oceans of hydrocarbons to burn with no biosphere to worry about, along with plenty of its own metals to process. 
and an entire crust of silicon. And that's another fricker right there. The colder you operate electrons, then the less power you need to work them efficiently. I can guarantee you that when the other delegations put two and two together, they're going to realize that by far the cheapest place that they can put any computational power they need for colonizing the system is going to be on what is now UN land. So the humans now own a factory and the server room. Gillian, even in the heat, shuddered. And there's going to be billions of people from every race in the Confederacy coming to be customers. Tens of billions. I gave it to them, Ducati said. Not to either of them particularly. It's barely a few minutes of talk, and I just gave it to them without a thought. For farmland, to grow crops we can't even sell to other races. They could make anything from nuts and bolts to fusion reactors, and they'll be able to sell them to any of us. And anything that passes through the rings, that has to pay duty, so they could compete against the rest of the Confederacy once they're established. And now we get back to why I'm soon probably not working another day in my life, Haddon refilled her glass. Starting today, every technician, engineer, ship captain, stockholder, public official in the human race has their every thought bent towards that moon. Another titan ready to hold up the entire system on its shoulders to make a killing doing it. The whole MMI is going into Stella, and an economic armada is on a freaking warpath. Doesn't even matter if they're still mid-tier tech-wise. A couple years of operations and they'll never worry about a trade deficit again. They could hire in all the outside expertise they need to bootstrap up to the big boys. That shut up the MMI. That's a promise of what the new normal. She died a drink. Now I and every non-human at this conference are going to work out what to do after they all get discharged from the diplomatic corps. Once the realization creeps in on what the metaphorical gold mine had been given to the humans, to Cody, I think I'll go back to advisory work, then invest in real estate. Humans don't frick about with terraforming. They build giant spinning cylinders in space and call it land. No guessing how they're going to get the coin to do that in the system. Takoni could hear the disintegration of her career in the back of her mind, but the only action translated to her muscles was gently placing the holographic moon back in its orbital rails. The three delegates watched it hang tethered to its mighty parent, unaware of the history that it was causing even now. So, uh, that's it then. The Titan of Assembly. End of story. And that, my friends, concludes this dose of science fiction fun. I hope that you enjoyed. And if you did, please don't forget to support the author from the link down below. But if you want to support this channel, there are links as well down below for you to help with. But the easiest way would be to share this video. And if you are so inclined, subscribe as well. I will see you all in the next episode, and I hope that you all have a fantastic time until then. Cheers.